Hello, Megan Chenfeld. Hello. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. How well, thank are thank you? you for joining me today. Yes, it's my pleasure. Right? And because so we want to talk about some of the things that you've been involved in and some of the things you're doing right now. So that's kind of what we're doing here. But then again, we're old friends. Yes. We are old friends and we're going to have a conversation. So there's that as well. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) So you're a Californian now. I am. I've been here for five years now. Coming from? Denver. Coming from Denver, Colorado, which right now I'm super grateful I'm here because it's been like 25 to 29 degrees there. My friend uh, Richard Peterson lives there and he's been, yeah. Under snow. Affirming your... Yes. (laughs) And I... uh, Well, let's go right to to your current project. What what is that all about? Be your best human. So it is the idea that we are um, all here trying to sort of figure out how to be our best selves, how to exist in a manner that makes us happy. And right now, I think that the climate has shifted a little bit and people are a little confused as to what makes them happy or who they are or even how to exist in a way that feels authentic to them. You know, we're we're told that we need to follow a certain path, that we need to be a specific way, and I think that that's confused a lot of our well, I had a, of ourselves. Well, I had a friend who described it this way one time. He says, uh, we come into the world uh, in the middle of the movie. We're going to leave before the movie ends. And yet we've got to figure out what's going on around here. Exactly. <laughs> and the really the best thing to make sure that your part in the movie is the best is that you're taking care of yourself, right? That you're you're elevating every moment that you're in that movie and you're you know, it's your time to shine as your own person. And so many of us I think take a step back and let other people do that. So optimal health? Yes. Optimal happiness? Optimal happiness is the number one key. Right. Yes. Yeah, I get that. Because, you know, if you're happy, so then how? it's easier to stay healthy. If you're happy, it's easier to to engage with the people around you. If you're happier, sure. it's easier to be okay that you're not engaging with people around you. Sure. There's all of that. And I think that, you know, I I personally have been using kundalini yoga. Right. And also some subconscious communication techniques. Mm. And then also, I like to show people connections that they may have missed in their their patterning. So how we exist, they come from specific patterns and they're given to us throughout our entire lives. And even before we're born, you know, so some of that stuff is passed down through your DNA. Then you're, you're given this jumble of memories and outside influences. And it's really, how do you unfold that so that it really helps you become who you want to be in the most beautiful form? Right. So which, over the course of my life, and observing other lives, that's a fluid thing, What the life that you want to live? Yes. Isn't, you know... But you have to be confident enough to understand, A, that it's fluid, and B, that you have 
that's a goal, you know? And right. and so being fluid enough to reach the goal or even have a goal that is your own personal goal instead of someone else's goal. I think a lot of times, like, that's what's going on. We, There are, you know, you have Facebook, you have Instagram, you have Snapchat, you have the television, you have everything telling you exactly this is how people do stuff. And it's hard to figure out what really you're supposed to be doing. That's philosophy. Yes. So, and so many directions that that's gone. Um, and with religion yes. chiming in. Yes, religion. <laughs> I. <laughs> and, you know, like I, I think that religion is really beautiful for certain people. I think that it brings people together in a very specific way. And some people really need that kind of community. I think that also some people are born into specific religions and they don't necessarily understand or feel like those are right. right. And that's difficult sometimes to to break out of the family tradition to not be a religious person. Um, but really what, what feeds your soul is the most important. And if you're going to church every day and you know everything in the Bible and you're going to church and you're still feeling like you don't understand what the fuck is going on, then it doesn't really help you out anyway. So that's mostly me. Yes. Having been raised Mormon and I, you know, I went to church, you know, every every week and, you know, the meetings in between uh, on we had Mutual Improvement Association on Wednesday nights, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, and mostly I believed mm -hmm. until, you know, 18 or 19, I'm starting to think for myself and starting to question, which I found was destructive is too strong a word, but... It ate at it unraveled the that, some of your beliefs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, did you have a similar familial? Well, yeah, you know, my the <laughs> religion in my family was super super interesting. Um, my mom was very much engaged with the Catholic Church until she, her and my father parted ways. They got divorced, and and then I believe that she she felt that she would be better served. With the Lutheran Church, um, it, I believe she thought they had a different perspective that sort of took care of her in a different way that she she needed at that time, and it's you know like I always refer to some of my family that has removed themselves from the Catholic Church as as recovering Catholics because there is a lot of guilt in that religion. There's a lot of um, interesting feelings that people really have to unravel from so that they can feel like they are able to exist without the feeling of guilt. And a lot of people don't even get to that point. They can't they can't see how we can exist without feeling guilty for being human. And that's that's a really big piece. Even in Kundalini Yoga, some of my my teachers had been in the Catholic religion. And that was the hardest thing for them. They, they would talk about it, you know, how difficult it was for them to think that they, they were anything better than just someone who had to pay for the sins of just merely being here as a human. Cannot guilt 
give you the impetus for being a better person, though? Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. I think that there are some regards where it can make you feel better, where you can it can make you drive yourself to be a better person because you feel bad about one instance or another. But if your main focus is that you're guilty because you're here on Earth yeah. as a human, then that's not – you can't – overcome Original that sin. yeah you know like you're not here to be punished that's not the idea and there are a lot of ways to untangle from that but I um my mom was the head elder of our Lutheran church she she was incredible wow. you know she really was amazing to watch and she really got involved and she helped the church she's a brilliant business mind so she helped them in in all areas really um of growth and that was really fascinating and that created i think a really beautiful strong moral compass for me but also my father was also a recovering catholic but he also sort of removed himself from that religion he studied Buddhism and Hinduism. He um, married a Jewish woman for a little while. So I had a lot of different... Input. Yes. You know, and, and really the one thing that I was privileged enough to see is that we are all just really trying to figure out how we can all coexist and be in this beautiful place. You know, the the same idea is sort of through all religions. Like, be a decent human. Don't really, don't murder people. Right. Don't, you know, don't do things that are going to. But why? Right. Right. <laughs> so why are we not murdering and pillaging? And why don't we just get, well, one thing is that humans, when we are grouped together as a community, we thrive. And if you are going around and murdering people, then... That's not very social. Well, and it's not <laughs> helping a community thrive. So and we you do seem to be a social species. Grow in that yeah. capacity, right. And, and not everybody. You don't have to be social, you know? Like, there are certain people who are amazing at living in nature completely isolated. But that's not all of us. And that's not how we all congregate, you know? We all come to big cities all together or to the suburbs or wherever it is that we are because it does help us grow together you know we we grow food together or we help teach each other's children or it's you know there's the saying it takes a village to raise a child right you know like all these shared responsibilities the more that you are open to your neighbor or to other ideas and helping sort of congregate all of this together then the easier it is for us to feel connected to feel like we can grow to feel like we can be part of something bigger than ourselves and if you're just only in it for you, then that is where you feel like some of these, you know, like murder or lying or pillaging or whatever, you know, all of the other things are. So one aspect of this that religion s seems to favor is the idea of a future reward or punishment based on whether or not you treated people right. And so and which is I kind of have a problem with that because <laughs> I think that's not why I want to treat people right. I want to treat people right because, one, it feels good. Right. Two, I'm rewarded instantly right. from that kind of behavior. And uh, um, I, I'm certainly not thinking that – so I could sort of generally think that karma is, is, a, is a thing, but I don't think it's hard and fast. Okay. And um, so – 
the reward for good behavior for good behavior is pretty immediate. Yes. Well, it, yeah. I mean, and good behavior is you know not doing to other people stuff basically that you wouldn't want done to yourself. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's um, there are a lot of reasons why that helps. I mean, um, physically, in your own person. You know, all the the receptors that go off in your brain when you actually have a really positive experience and, you know, you get like a serotonin rush or like whatever, you're feeling really great. Like these are these are things that are your positive reinforcement. It's your body's positive reinforcement right. for doing something right. good. Right. And really, when we're when we're focusing on this is kind of where some of the subconscious communication comes in, like when you're focusing on all of these really big beautiful things when you're focusing on how you can help someone how you can elevate a conversation how you can be more grateful for the things around you um it's not necessarily a karma thing it's a how are you creating the world around you thing like what are you doing to make your existence better right now and it has nothing to do with you know you're going to be paid off at the end of your life it's what are you doing to right now and if and if because you're expressing yourself in such a beautiful way that other people are impacted then that's that's awesome that's a bonus and if for you know like if we all die and find out like good god being great helped me elevate you know, to my next level outside of being human right. or whatever it turns out to be, then that's a that's a bonus. Sure. But currently, I think that that's exactly what we're doing is we're setting up building blocks for ourselves in a positive manner so that we don't have to deal with, you know, bridges lighting on fire and people trying to sabotage our every move. Right. So, I, you know, this were I think altruism is a funny concept actually because mm-hmm. um doing thing doing a good thing without hope of reward um doesn't really exist uh because you you're getting a reward right you i are don't understand a that the concept completely yeah. quite frankly i don't think that we should feel bad for feeling good <laughs> right? there's no reason to feel guilty because you feel good about doing something now well sometimes when you do good it doesn't work out well for you people still do bad things or um it, it might even you disadvantaged yourself by doing good financially or whatever you know yes. you, you, you had to leave your apartment that you liked or whatever you know i mean there's any, any number of things um i personally believe that those are lessons that we kind of need have to learn you know like there are there are specific things that we are really good at in this life you know you come into this world and you're you happen to be a little bit more adept or talented at one aspect or another and then there happen to be other things that you're not super great at you don't understand or you're not super um you're not super knowledgeable about and sometimes those lessons really help us out and then when you look later on down your life something happens where that lesson actually helped you out in the future if you learned it sure sure if you don't learn it then sometimes you have to repeat that a few times and maybe you never come to that realization no um I, and because I think that's sometimes the case. Sure. You don't know how you benefited from this behavior. That you did. But <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes in bad general, things happen. There's a general thing where live the kind, 
the kind of world that you would like to live in, live that. And you make it a little bit that way. Right. And that's that's a, that's a worthy goal in and of itself. Absolutely. And it's not, you know, and it's it's an interesting thing to actually want to be doing things for yourself to make the world better around you and not feel like you're doing it so that you have a higher place in heaven or whatever. You know, like I want the world to be like I want it. The present moment. <laughs> there's nothing more beautiful than the present moment. Exactly. How you are, you know, if you're constantly focused on what life is going to be like after you die, you're missing the beauty of being alive. Right now. Right now. You mean be here now? Be here now. <laughs> Exactly. Huh, but that the, sounds familiar. I know. It sounds so silly because that's exactly <laughs> the thing. But it's so true. It's so true. It's hard to create a world around you when you're constantly filled with panic or you have neuroses or you're constantly worried about the job that you're going to or the people around you or all of these things. It's You can't be present. That's not being present. Right. Right. Worry about the future. Worry about the past. Um, regrets. Uh, and then you miss the opportunities that are right in front of your face because you're not being open to anything that's happening right now. You know, you don't get to meet people that maybe are going to give you an interview or hang out with the people that maybe you're going to inspire that day or that are going to inspire you. You close yourself off to all of these beautiful opportunities because you're you're not there. You're in the past or you're in the future. So what is the focus of Be Your Best Human? So the focus is to help people figure out how to be in their present moment, how right. to I mean, enjoy. Ha- how? How are you doing that? So it depends on the human. Yeah. Um, we, you know, while we're all wired the same, we're all wired very differently. Right. Um, and it is. Vive la différence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's the beauty of, of being human. And that is um, one of the things that I like to focus on is um Everyone has their own beautiful, authentic person inside. Right. You know, how they choose to see the world and the gifts that they have. Like, those are those are important to really to feed and to grow those aspects of, of humans. And so me, I like to sit down with my clients and really have them sort of come up with their intentions first and foremost. Uh-huh. Because how often... Do you do something and you're not even sure exactly what your intention is? Oh, it happens to me all the time. Yes, exactly. It happens. I think I live my life so that way. <laughs> and so it's fine if you're if you're able to be open and kind of go with the flow. But if you have no intention and you're living in the past or present, then you're sort of flailing a little bit. You're not really, you just think that what happened from the past is what's going to continue happening in the future. It's difficult to create something new because you don't feel like there is. You become boxed in. And so many people have felt that way. I can't quit my job because I need the money. I can't make a different decision because this is how the world is. And they they create this, this cage around them. And it's a mental cage. 
There's nobody keeping them in that but themselves. So we talk about intentions first because everybody has a little bit of a different intention. You know, some people want to see the patterns that are causing them to behave in a specific way. Some people want to understand why they can't create a relationship around them that is satisfying. Some people, you know, so we have Friendship, these, love? Yeah, both. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes, sometimes we isolate ourselves so much that we realize we aren't connected to anyone around us. Oh, right. And that that's a really lonely spot to be in. Well, aren't we all kind of by ourselves at a certain Absolutely. Place? We're by ourselves, but we're able to feel like we can, you know, be friends with someone yeah, or sure. be fr- family with someone. You know, like there's there are these points in life sometimes with certain people where you're surrounded by friends and family and you feel like nobody knows who you are right. and you have no oh, idea boy. what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And it's um, sometimes especially with family. Totally. Right. And that that becomes that creates a really crazy moment in your life where you feel like like I don't want to go to my job. I don't even want to hang out with my friends. I'm going to isolate more. I'm going to be in my own house. And then, you know, people get depressed. People feel uncomfortable in their own skin. People feel like they can't do what they're supposed to be doing. Give me a martini. Give me another line. Yeah. You know, there's a million ways to try to make that so that it isn't what you're feeling. Yeah. And it gets, you know, like at night you get antsy and that's, that is, that's when I'm going to drink, I'm going to do drugs, I'm going to do all these things so that maybe I don't have to feel the fact that I'm not feeling. And that gets weird, you know, like I'm trying to do everything and I've been there. Like I'm going to put everything in my body so that for the love of God, I can just feel something. Uh (laughs) Not great. It's like yeah. not the healthiest way to do this, right? Yeah, we one yeah. Well, we certainly see many examples of how that can go off the rails. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's However, two ways that seem can to go. With you, I don't know. No, you know, like And you, sometimes to know what's enough, you have to know what's too much. Exactly. And I got to understand what's enough and too much uh, various <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> times in my life. But, you of course, know. that is one of the proverbs of hell, William Blake. <laughs> <laughs> because really, when you're in that space, it almost does drive you to a place where um, too much is where you want to go. Right. And that's, you know, like, that's that's not the goal. Like, that doesn't make you feel better. That's not. And it took me a long time, right? It took me... Um, it took me a while to get out of that feeling to to feel like I was in Denver and I by like all accounts, you know, like life was good. I had a good job. I was making decent money. I had a place by myself. I had friends and family uh-huh. like it, you know, looked really good from the outside. Me on the inside, I was a disaster. <laughs> I, I couldn't I like could not feel happy. I was trying to call in sick probably one to two times a week. I like would hope that my train would derail on the way to work so that I wouldn't have to get there. It was awful. It was one of the lowest points I think I've ever felt in my existence and um and it was terrifying you know it was it was like one of the craziest things like how did I allow myself to become so isolated well what what moved you towards yoga to get some tools so I moved to San Diego first I had to get out of 
everything I had created to put me into that position, right? Denver, and, Colorado. Yep. I, well, yeah. I, I had to leave. But I think that, you know, family patterns and patterns with friends and everything that I just like knew as life um, that I had created at that point, it wasn't, it wasn't from an authentic space. I think it was because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. Right. And so I needed to remove myself from the situation. And you don't always have to, you know, you don't have to like move across the country. <laughs> like that's not, but I had happened to say that I wanted to um, in passing out loud. I had to move 500 miles from home. Yeah. yeah sometimes I it did. just helps, really you know, like sometimes, yeah. sometimes we need the space so that we can. When I was 18, 19. Yeah. Figure out what we need to do. Yeah. And I think that, um, it was a very serendipitous thing. I said that I wanted to move to a beach. And then a couple weeks later, I had a friend call me and say, do you want to move to San Diego? <laughs> How did you know? Yeah, that sounds perfect. I was just thinking about that. So, um, you know, I like gave my thank you to the universe and said, I'll do that since we're both in agreement. <laughs> and I went and... Um, it was really interesting, my relationship with, with Kundalini Yoga. Actually, I um, I started learning a little bit more about um, Eastern philosophy. I started studying a little bit more about the subconscious mind, about you know chakras and about how people you heal themselves. Picked up a book or yeah, I did a lot of research. The, yeah. You know, there's a wealth of information right. out there. All you have to do is decide that you want it. Sure. So then I started meeting people who had more of that information because as soon as you start changing the way you think about the world, then more of that information kind of comes your way. So I start learning more and more about all these things and I see just in passing this Kundalini yoga in San Diego and I I like learn a little bit about it, saw a YouTube video and I was like, this is really cool and then kind of promptly never thought about it again. Uh-huh. So then um, I'm, I'm sort of along my journey. I, I see Kundalini Yoga again kind of pop up. and I'm like, oh, yeah, do some of these things on YouTube. This is great. Probably forget about it again. Yeah. Well, then I, um, I did my Reiki attunement so that I could be certified to do Reiki. Okay. And I met some people there who were very kind. And one of the girls that I met there decided to put on a holistic fair. Okay. So I helped her do that. And she invited the Kundalini Yoga studio that she found to join us at the fair. Well, I had just moved, and this studio happened to be opening just in the neighborhood I moved to. So then... Serendipity? Yes. This is like all the synchronistic everything. So... I, I'm, you know, I'm like amazed by these beautiful humans. They're all wearing white. They're doing these really beautiful meditations for, you know, three to 11 minutes for these groups of people. And um, I, yeah, I was very intrigued. I yeah. thought it looked so interesting. And, and Kundalini Yoga is, is not just um, the positions like, like Hatha Yoga and the yoga that we normally know. It's a lot of breath work and it's chanting and it's mudras and it's so incredible like encompassing and really um, a lot of my understanding about the subconscious mind was what 
I thought was interesting about Kundalini was it yoga. More physical then in that way, or no? It wasn't more physical. I think it was more mental. Okay. I started referring to it as brain yoga. Okay. Because you're working on your nervous system. Right, you're working right. on your your capacity to handle life. You're not worried about your body as much. You're okay. really looking at how you can handle the world around so you. So less downward facing dog and more uh, yeah, more what's going on inside your brain and did you just get to travel around the universe for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. So um, after that that really beautiful fair, I um, I was given a free thirty day pass to oh. go to oh, this sure. Kundalini yoga studio that happened to be in my brand new neighborhood. First one's free. Yeah. <laughs> so so I I got this gorgeous experience for thirty days and I was hooked. Yeah. I um like bad habits seem to be actually going away. And little things, you know, like when I sometimes feel overwhelmed um, by little things in life, like, oh, you have to clean the house or, or do the dishes. And like, yeah, totally. Oh, I'll, I'll pull that off at some point uh-huh. in the next week or whatever, you know? <laughs> oh, I do that. Yeah. You know, you end up procrastinating in all these different areas of your existence. And then what ended up happening is I'm going every day and I'm I'm doing this yoga and I'm doing this meditation. And then these what seemed like obstacles in my life don't seem like obstacles anymore. All of a sudden, it's easier to get up and do these things around me. All of a sudden, my connections to other people are deeper and I'm able to open up as who I am instead of just taking care of other people and then keeping them at a distance from myself. So all of a sudden, I'm I'm creating this world around me where I'm able to just exist happily without having to try to do all these things not just taking care of business working overtime right exactly (laughs) exactly like now i'm not really fearful of of maybe making a new decision or opening up or creating these different relationships because i'm not i'm not scared of all of the like maybe people aren't gonna appreciate this or maybe this is gonna be you know I'm a huge weirdo and so sometimes I I worry about that and then all of a sudden it became a gift sure. this like really exciting feeling inside and so that was really kind of what brought me into it was that feeling and then I wanted to learn everything about it so I did the teacher training which was 10 months of intensive yoga and meditation. I met you during that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, I th- yeah, I think even maybe just like right before, but like right in that area yeah, yeah. of time. So I, um, I, I had gone to Kundalini Yoga, it was probably like eight months before mm-hmm. I did the teacher training. Uh-huh. And I was going to all the workshops. I was going all the time during the week. Like it was just, it was like, I, I can do anything in the world as long as I am taking care of myself. Yeah. And that was just this like really beautiful feeling. And then, uh, you know, like the more you learn about it, the more you understand why it's working. And then you meet more people and they have all these beautiful stories around their Kundalini yoga and how they, you know, it changed their lives. And, it's it becomes really impactful and it was just so intense and so teacher training was was great and also um intense i think i was a huge ball of emotions you know you you 
dive really deep and you dig into some of your your past and whether we've had um, a traumatic past or not, we hold on to things as trauma sometimes, uh-huh. you know, memories that we we replay in our mind that really cause um, pain for sure. us still to this day. And so here I am unearthing all these things that I've been holding on to for so long. Right. And so I was, I was a ball of emotions and some days were awesome. And some days I was a mess. Like, ah, I just can't, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and so I always tell everybody, you know, as soon as they are really involved in their Kundalini practice, like the emotions are fine, you know, like don't, don't hold on to them. Don't stay there, but let it out. Do it. Feel it. Yeah. yeah. You know, like you're you're super angry and you're freaking out about this thing. Like yell into a pillow. Like have an out loud fake conversation with someone. Do whatever it is to get these emotions out of your body. And then allow yourself to breathe because you don't have to deal with that anymore. Expressing anger, though, can sometimes escalate. Totally. Particularly with other people involved. I don't ever have other, I don't, yeah, like anytime I've done anything with anger, it's always not with anybody else. Uh-huh. So if you have a conversation, out loud conversation, it's it's a fake I've you never seen it. and nobody else conversation. <laughs> well, I will have to say that, I mean, and, and I, I don't have a similar kind of uh, training or experience, but, and I do get angry, no one ever sees it. Yeah. You let it out of your body by yourself. It doesn't have to be everyone else's issue. And if you do have a lot of anger that is like kind of just like spurting out at all the different times, then you have so much in your person that you can't you can't yeah. keep control over it. And yeah. that's something, you know, like that emotions wreak havoc on our body when they're not you know, like anger creates a lot of disease for people. Stress, stress, and anger, and yeah, yeah, and you and just keep it in there. Science even knows this now. Absolutely, yeah. And you know, you your brain, as you know, we've all talked about, like your brain doesn't know the difference between My brain? anyone's brain. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> between um, something that you make up and a memory. Right. Sure. And so you're reliving a painful memory over and over and over again. It's like you're actually experiencing it over and over and over again. So the idea is to get that out of your person so that you're not constantly living through your trauma. Or your anger right. or your pain. Yeah. And it's there a- are some so in Kundalini Yoga, the exercise sets, it's an exercise set that creates a specific outcome, right? So they're called Kriyas. And there are Kriyas for inner anger. And some of those, you bang on the ground and uh-huh. you yell and do whatever. And it after, you know, like it's it's an emotional Kriya usually. You know, people, you know, we, we end up like laughing afterwards or crying uh-huh. or, you know, having whatever comes up. But... It helps it to shift that energy so that it can get out of your body. You know, I went, uh, did this with some some friends one time and, and, um, and it was, I think it was, I think there was a yoga base for this, but, um, a shouting, uh, yelling. Totally. And, um, so we did it and felt really great. You know, you'd yell for as long as you wanted to and, you know, place where 
you know, people wouldn't freak out. But um, and so uh, later on, I realized I was getting some very similar sort of therapy from music. Yes. Performing music. Yes. Well, and you and I have talked about this, but the um, so playing music gets you into this like really beautiful subconscious state, right? You're not you're you're present. That is, there's nothing more present than being involved with your music, right? And I think that's true. Yes, and so when you're playing music or when you're a profound meditator, it actually creates the same growth of gray matter in your brain. Well, I like to hear that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and you know, like there are a lot of studies about how music, you know, like we just become happier. It gives us a greater sense of connection to people outside of us. Um, I just read an article the other day about how music, like going to see live music, if you do it regularly, super often, then it's better than dog walking and yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. <laughs> so it's, you know, and it's, it is like when you go, that was for me in college. I also had sort of a religious evolution or revolution, kind right. of, depending on how you look at it. Probably the second. <laughs> and um, I remember I was, I was at a show and I, I went to go see shows probably two to three times a week. You like could not keep me from live music. I, yeah, cool. I would trade, you know, I worked in a restaurant and I would trade the doorman food for sure, sure. <laughs> and stuff. And, um, local music? Or, yeah, a yeah. lot of local music. You yeah. know, I was friends with a lot of local bands. And yeah. sometimes I was lucky enough to see, you know, like more expensive shows, which was awesome. But right. Yeah, right. And, um, and I remember there's one really beautiful moment and I went to a show by myself and I was just sitting there and I was listening to this music and I was having such a good time. And I, I was like, all right, like throughout your whole life, no matter what you do, you have to go see live music. You have to. Like this is where your joy is. This is where you let loose. This is where you get, you know, you do tribal dance moves or you laugh out loud or you know like you get so much energy moving that it is one of the most important things you have to do in your life wow yeah it was a it was a very visceral experience for me and i think i think my life reiterates what you're just saying (laughs) yeah Uh, yes well and because I've approached music very kind of weirdly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I I don't master an instrument, for instance. Right. Um, and I so it's all pretty organic. It's a relationship it. with you. It's yeah. not the idea of mastering something. It's the two of you communicating. Is my understanding when I. That's exactly it. Watch you. Yeah. yeah that's exactly it. And. And I, so I, that's why I like improvisational music the best. Even right. Though I could, I've done the other, you know, but. It's uh, an ongoing conversation. You don't know where it's going to go next. Yeah. It's the unknown, I think, that sometimes is exciting to like what we're to you. doing right now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, this was planned. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, th- I think, um, well, I mean, So that's an interesting correlation, though. And I really hadn't made it before. Uh, I mean, certainly know this, 
the spiritual edification of music. Certainly aware of that. But relating it to, you know, what religion does or what uh, philosophy yeah. does or eh, not really that much. I hadn't. I don't think. You right. Know? That's interesting since it's been your entire right? existence. <laughs> <laughs> and philosophy is, you know, a thing that I'm interested in. Absolutely. How one, you know, lives their life. I mean, um, it seems like one should examine their life a little bit and figure out the best, you know, way to be happy. I mean, I th- and I, you know, I, well, that or is even the goal, have right? an intention to be happy. How many times do you think that you have an intention to be happy? Right. We have an intention to exist, to survive. Most often, a lot of clients, I have to get them out of survival mode. Yeah. And that's, you know, once you make that decision to move from survival to thriving or experiencing like the beauty in life, then it really shifts everything for you. That's my goal is to help people figure out how they're not just surviving, but they're they're existing in this way that gives them joy and light. I think that's an important distinction. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Indeed. It's pretty great. The idea (laughs) (laughs) existing on that level. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Megan. Um, is there anything else you think that you could impart to our audience? Um, I mean, this is, like I said, we, you know, we've just said it's, it's pretty ad hoc what we're about here, but you know, this is an opportunity to, you know, communicate some of the things in our mind. Um, um, and you know, particularly now that, um, you are, you know, throwing your shingle out, so to speak, to, to be that person that, you know, is helps people find their joyful nature. Yes. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, I think we've, to... I think we certainly covered. I know. I feel like we have covered right. a lot. Right. Um, you know, I do, I do want to say that um, it is just so important to, to really Choose to elevate your own existence, to really understand where you're coming from and why, and really find the joy in your own space. And if you can't, if you can't, for the love of God, figure that out, then there are people who are helping. You know, there are those of us who are excited to show you your greatness and really help you figure out how to feel a little bit more excited inside and so it seems like the the concept of tools is yes useful. tools there are so many out there and everybody needs a different tool so if you're having a hard time figuring that out and i do have a facebook group called uh-huh. be your best human oh, where yeah. we talk a little bit more about all of this and uh-huh. address um address a lot of different you know aspects of human existence and i've helped a few people um you know, the, whether you're a client or not, the idea is that everyone is just thriving. So if you do want to learn a little bit more, then that group is open for anyone to join as well. So there's um, interaction then between people who have come to you. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. So people great. get to um, sort of experience 
me and each other and lean on each other for when they, you know, when they have some different issues that come up. And it's a whole community of people just exploring what it means to be, you know, trying to be better and, right. you know, explore our best selves, our best humans. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and uh, knowing this, the, the spirit that exudes from you, uh, <laughs> You know, I I, uh, I I can see how that's a great catalyst for what's going on in your group. And so um, if anyone else thinks that Megan might be that person, then they could go to be a better human. Yeah, be your best Facebook. human. Or be your best human. Yep. And, um, and I'm happy to yeah connect with anyone at that point. Well, thank you for coming down here today. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a fun gift. Right, yeah. and I, I didn't know what we were going to talk about. Yeah, who right. we, knows? I suspect that we time. might talk about <laughs> what we did talk about, but yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, this was really great. Thank All you right. so much. Thank you. <laughs>